Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Well, a young man who was just trying to do his job at a Vancouver nightclub is dead tonight after he tried to break up a fight. Our Nadia Stewart is following this story for us. She's outside the club on Granville. Nadia, what details are you getting about what happened? Well, it was a fight that started between two groups outside, well, inside the nightclub that spilled out onto the street that claimed the life of a young man who was working the front door at the Cabana Lounge. It's a job he'd only recently begun doing. It's around 2.30 Saturday morning. Officers are called to the Cabana Lounge on Granville Street, a fight that ended badly first began inside this club. There was uh, incidents occurring uh, between two groups throughout the evening. Uh, and that actually came to a, came to a boil uh, when the incident happened. And the cops had, I think it was four people, down on the ground, and were arresting them. Two groups fighting. Police believe alcohol fueled the feud. It spilled out into the street. That's when 23-year-old Calwinder Tind stepped in to try and break things up. He was uh, working at the club at the time, and he was definitely trying to break the fight up at the time. He would pay the ultimate price. Fatally stabbed, the Richmond man died in hospital, leaving family and friends reeling from the tragedy. Former colleagues remembering Thind as a good man, an aspiring realtor who loved life. He was a ray of sunshine in the way that, like I said, he came in with a smile, right? I mean, he's always laughing and, and kidding and joking. It's heartbreaking to think that... Um, you're not you're not safe when you go out to a club that one small little um, confrontation can mean the end of somebody's life. Cabana was a member of Vancouver's Bar Watch program, one focused on decreasing violence by keeping violent offenders out of clubs. Until they are able to attend, that you intervene to make sure that there is safety. Curtis Robinson says the young man did the right thing, trying to calm an escalating situation while police were en route. Tind was part of the solution. He says there's a more serious problem in this case. Why would you bring a knife to Granville Street? This is the entertainment district. This is unforgivable. Police are making an appeal for witnesses tonight. Also, anyone who was inside the club who might have videos or pictures. So anyone who was at the Cabana Lounge Saturday night from about midnight, about 12.30, up until 2.30 in the morning. If you saw or heard anything, you're being asked to call Vancouver Police or Crime Stoppers. Back to you, Sonia. Nadia, thank you very much for your coverage tonight. Thank you. A very tough and emotional day in Coquitlam today, where hundreds turned out to attend a memorial service for 15-year-old Alfred Wong. The life of this teenager tragically cut short when he was hit by a stray bullet two weeks ago, an innocent victim of today's gang violence. Julia Foy has more. They came with their heads bowed, but wearing their jerseys and Tri-City basketball socks, teammates showing their support for 15-year-old Alfred Wong these basketball teams, taekwondo clubs, all these people are here today because, because Alfred made a difference in their life. Close to 700 people came to the Coquitlam Alliance Church to say goodbye to Alfred and to help show support for his family. It's very painful and very sad. Encouraging them to have to live on uh, on behalf of uh, Alfred, but also to show everybody that we can change our world by a positive thinking. Alfred was killed by a stray bullet after a gunfight broke out on Broadway in Vancouver on the evening of January 13th. Several members of the Vancouver Police Department came to the service. His death has really 
rippled throughout the department um, for all police officers everywhere and first responders. Uh, and you really see how horribly senseless this, uh, this tragic incident was. The most heartbreaking moment during the service came when Alfred's parents spoke. Samson Wong said about his son, We failed to protect you. We wish the bullets ran through our hearts instead of yours. He's just like an angel, an angel that but is so shot on earth. Yeah, yeah, it's just an angel. I'm watching him grow up, you know, and uh, in the community we know each other. And of course, he was my student. So, of course, it's very important for me to attend his funeral. Two memorial scholarships have been set up by Alfred Wong's high school and Hayak Swimming Club. The family wants to thank everyone from around the world who reached out to help. I think it's only in times of tragedy that that we're reminded what's what's really important in life. And I think the best way to honor him, we can go and love our loved ones um, and take care of them. Julia Foy, Global News. In other news tonight, a man has been arrested for allegedly sexually assaulting a woman on a Skytrain. A 21-year-old woman reported being groped while on board a Skytrain just after midnight. The train was traveling between Broadway and Joy Street. The woman says she was assaulted again at the Joy Street bus loop. Transit police then put out a description of the suspect. Vancouver police have now taken a 56-year-old man into custody. A man in his 30s has died after a fire broke out at a home on the Capilano Reserve on the North Shore. The West Vancouver Fire Department says it broke out in a room of the two-story house at about 7 o'clock last night. His mother suffered burns and is recovering in hospital. The cause is being investigated. It is not considered suspicious. The Green Party says it is standing by its leader, Elizabeth May, despite allegations that she bullied and berated former staff members. The Toronto Star reports that... Three former employees accused May of creating a hostile work environment by yelling at and insulting workers. Now, the party says that the accusers were disgruntled former staff, adding that May is being held to a different standard uh, than her male counterparts because she is a woman. The former staffers are standing by their accusations that her behaviour was inappropriate and say that she should be punished. Another blast of winter felt by a lot of people today. A global viewer on Campbell River sent us this footage of snowfall in their neighborhood. At 20 to 25 centimeters falling in the region today, that is the most snowfall reported on the south coast today. And looking elsewhere on the island, people in Nanaimo waking up to a light dusting of snow this morning. Those at higher elevations in Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley saw mostly a mixture of heavy rain and snow overnight and into the morning. And the worst isn't over yet. A rain and windstorm apparently is now heading our way. Let's bring in our Kasia Baderka on this. What are you seeing out there, Kasia? What's going on? All right, so now we're calling this the proverbial calm before the storm. Sonia, we've got uh, this first low that brought us all that heavy snow. It is dissipating quite nicely, so enjoy that calm. The next storm that we're watching, this is an atmospheric river. It's packing a lot of moisture. It's a very powerful low, uh, and it's also ushering in a very warm air mass. And because of that, a lot of us are going to be picking up copious amounts of rain. How much? 
take a look. All of our models are in agreement. Some places picking upwards of 150 millimeters of rain over the next 48 hours. Tofino, western portions of the island, including Port Alberni, 120 millimeters of rain. This on top of all the snow that we picked up. It's going to get messy. And more weather warnings that I'm going to be telling you about for other parts of the uh, province coming up. All right, oh, it's Kasha. a messy one. Okay, it's going to be messy. Thank you it very is. much. All right, from weather warnings, we go to traffic warnings right now. Heads up for drivers heading to downtown Vancouver this weekend. A construction project is causing congestion on a major artery. Uh, look out for this. This is Georgia Street from Howe to Seymour. Uh, closed westbound until tomorrow at noon. This is because a crane is being lifted into position. Now, you can uh, still get around eastbound, but traffic has been reduced to one lane. Uh, so do expect delays if if you're going down there. Still ahead, a for sale sign outside a house turning heads, but you will not believe what it actually says. And what's in a name a lot, according to one Chilliwack pub, why a chain restaurant says there's only room for one social house in town. We'll also get you the latest on flooding in Paris. It is threatening historic sites and some of the world's most important art collections. Those stories up next. Welcome back. Well, it's a name change that is the talk of Chilliwack. A local restaurant and pub is being forced to change its name after a major restaurant chain threatened them with legal action. Jill Bennett reports. Restaurant and pub owner Kerry Cron is used to serving up drinks and locally sourced food. But in mid-November, he was served with a letter telling him to change the name of his establishment. They said that they had uh, trademarked the name and that uh, they had exclusive rights to use Social House. Turns out Brown's Restaurant Group has trademarked Social House, and when other restaurants in Canada use it as one word or two, they order them to stop. I was really surprised to hear that you could actually trademark such a common two words as social and house. And uh, so we uh, at first didn't really think that it was uh, something that they could do. One of the owners of Brown's says Cron didn't do his homework. In an emailed statement, the company says Brown's Social House is a franchiser and the registered owner of a number of Canadian trademarks. And we actively protect these marks for the benefit of our brand and our franchisees, who are independent business people and licensed users of the marks. Isn't Social House on a lot of different places? You get tons and tons of pubs anywhere across North America. Yeah. So, I mean, are they, are they going to go they after every everybody? Social House? Even with the same wording, the two businesses side by side don't really look alike. As a little guy, we're not trying to be Browns, we're not trying to be like Browns, and I don't see that there would be any confusion between customers thinking, oh, it says Social House, therefore Browns must be involved. He says it will cost thousands to change the name, everything from menus to business cards to the building itself, but he'd rather that than spend even more on lawyers fighting it. He's now launched a contest asking patrons for their ideas. So it should just be the Wellington. You should just change it to Casa. I suggested the Wellington chat machine. The winner gets dinner and a night out at the Wellington, or whatever it ends up being called. Jill Bennett, Global News. A Kelowna man has come up with a, a rather unique way to market his home, and it is drawing a lot of attention. A warning for you that the following story does feature an offensive word, which we're not comfortable using at this time of night. Kane Blake is selling his home and has put out this for sale by owner sign. The sign also includes the reason that he has issues with one of his neighbours, uh, calling that person 
a vulgar name. I'll leave it you to work out what that is. He and his family has lived in the area for five years. They love it, but the problems with the neighbour apparently so bad, he says his kids don't feel safe walking to school. The rather unconventional sales pitch getting a lot of attention. And it just they, they want to come share their story with me for whatever reason. And it's just been, like I said, all positive feedback. And I guess it's, it's a sign you don't really see often. And I'm probably sure very, very rarely. It's just the way I chose to sell my home. Mm. Well, I guess that's his prerogative. But, yeah. Great PR. Yeah. I wonder, I couldn't quite work out what that says. Original. You know there's going to be a load of kids asking their parents, yeah. what did it say there? Yeah. What could yeah. that be? <laughs> Mm. I don't Barry. think it's too hard to figure out. <laughs> uh, Barry, we'll get sports in mm. in just a second. Kasha, the weather. And but the- wait, yes. top story. Weather, no. Yeah. I'm sorry, weather certainly is a big story today through this weekend. Extremely active. Uh, we just wrapped up with storm number one, storm number two on its heels. And it's expected to arrive through the overnight. Now, we do have several weather warnings in effect issued by Environment Canada. We've got wind warnings for the Central Coast. We've got winter storm warnings, rainfall warnings warnings the whole gamut so i have all those details coming up and who's going to be most effective that's coming up in your weather all right we'll look forward to that in a few minutes in sport what's going on well it's nhl all-star weekend and uh, the best connect this year has been brock besser and the rookie is there he's our brock star uh, there at the uh, all-star game and that's been used many times but i think it's very fitting this week down in tampa so we'll show you what he's been up to they're having the skills contest right now on the ice uh, he's been involved in one so far so we'll show you that and hopefully he'll be in maybe the shooting accuracy because I think that's his best, you know, it's his best skill. The kid right. never misses the net. Okay. So we'll see. Look at, look at all that still ahead as well. Plus, uh, on the news front, a suicide bombing in Afghanistan leaves nearly 100 people dead. Get the latest on that. Plus, heavy rains leaving Paris on flood alert, threatening to ruin the city's historic buildings. And... I can't believe that any parent would let their child go out and play football. It's a new study on brain trauma that shows the dangers may be even worse than first thought. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back. Well, nearly 100 people have been killed in a suicide car bombing in Afghanistan. The Taliban claiming responsibility. The target, a government building in the capital. The blast leaving at least 95 people dead, injuring almost 200 others. Officials say the attacker was able to get past security using an ambulance to get through a checkpoint. This is the second terrorist attack in Kabul in recent weeks. Last weekend, 22 people were killed during an attack on a hotel popular with foreigners. The city of light right now being described as the city of water. Weeks of heavy rain submerging parts of Paris. Now the record high water levels are threatening some of the city's most iconic structures and history. Paris is on pins and needles tonight, watching the iconic Seine River inch higher, with parks already waterlogged and the world-famous museums on high alert. The Louvre has already sealed off its lower floor and checked emergency plans for the Mona Lisa and Venus de Milo. Boat tours cancelled, entire neighborhoods are washed out, more than 600 residents evacuated. Caroline Austin's family forced to walk on planks if they want to go anywhere. We maybe had one day in December where it didn't rain, and that was it. That's bad. It rains every day. The last time it was this bad was in 2016. Museums were forced to move art to higher ground. The river swamping this landmark statue then. Now, it's rising again. 
as Paris hopes to keep its head well above water. The results are in, and after a tense race, Saskatchewan has a new premier tonight. Mr. Scott Moe. Yes, Saskatchewan party members choosing Scott Moe to become the new premier designate. He got three, uh, 53% of the vote on the fifth ballot at a leadership convention in Saskatoon today. In August, it was Brad Wall who announced he was stepping away from political life after 10 years as the leader of that province. His last day in office is going to be January 31st. We now have a better idea how many Russian athletes will be competing in the upcoming Winter Games, but we still don't know who they're going to be. Today, the International Olympic Committee announced 169 Russian athletes will be invited to compete at the Pyeongchang Olympics in February. The athletes were cleared by two separate vetting panels in order to compete in neutral uniforms as part of the Olympic athlete from Russia team. Russia, you might remember, was banned from competing in the Games after multiple doping allegations. Now, he is going to spend the rest of his life behind bars after nearly 160 women accused Larry Nassar of decades of abuse. Now, though, questions remain as to how a sports physician was able to prey on young women for so long while working at Michigan State University. Many big questions remain after a longtime Michigan State University doctor was sent to prison for molesting young athletes in his care. Now the state's attorney general says he's going to get to the bottom of it. He's launching a full investigation and appointing a special prosecutor to lead it. It is abundantly clear that a full and complete investigation of what happened at Michigan State University from the president's office down is required. This week, more than 150 women confronted Dr. Larry Nasser in court, women he treated both at Michigan State and in the Olympic training program, USA Gymnastics. We are here, we have our voices, and we are not going anywhere. Nasser will serve at least 40 years in prison. But in a Friday night protest, people on the Michigan State campus said that's not enough. They want to know how Nasser was able to prey on young women for so long, and they want anyone who could have stopped him to be held accountable. Tonight, the silence ends at Michigan State University. My department and this investigation will find out who knew what and when, who took action, who failed to take action, what did or did not happen, and what should have happened. The school's president and athletic director have resigned. As a university... We must focus on the healing of the survivors and our entire community. Some members of MSU's board of trustees, now under pressure to resign themselves, responded with rare emotion. I have a daughter here. I have a daughter that has dreams of coming here. And I want her to feel safe. The sport's governing body says all 20 members of its board will step down by Wednesday. Chris Pallone, NBC News. And another high-profile figure is facing consequences from allegations of sexual misconduct tonight. Billionaire and Las Vegas casino owner Steve Wynn has stepped down. As finance chair of the Republican National Committee, this is a day after several women told the Wall Street Journal that Wynn pressured them to engage in sexual behavior with him. Wynn is denying all the allegations. A university student's personal trauma led her to invent a product which is aimed at detecting date rape drugs in drinks. 
Daniel Sherman is a student at George Washington University. In 2016, she says that she was drugged and sexually assaulted by a friend. She has since created the No-Nap. It is a, a cocktail napkin that detects drugs in drinks given to you. You place a drop of your drink in one of the detection areas of that special napkin. And if there is a drug present in that drink, the napkin will change color. 70% of assaults occur between people that know each other. And that's why we wanted a discreet product so individuals do not have to choose between social comfort and their own welfare. Sherman is hoping that these napkins will be on sale by the fall at a price everyone can afford. The devastating effects of traumatic brain injury remain top of mind for many health professionals. Now a new study is showing that CTE can occur in athletes that have even received minor bumps. One ex-NFL player says it's just not worth the risk. 14-year-old Dean Zilberman has wanted to play football since he was eight. I really love playing, so, and like tackle is like the real deal. But if his mom has anything to do with it, he never will. Oh, I'm the least popular person in the house. <laughs> Diane Hess is one of the growing number of parents saying no to football. Why would I risk his brain that is just developing for something that I didn't believe in? A new study shows that CTE, a degenerative brain disease, can be caused by any hits to the head, not just concussions. Meaning kids playing contact sports like tackle football can suffer permanent damage that could lead to dementia later in life or death. This is about not getting hit in the head, particularly in youngsters and in other vulnerable populations uh, who are at risk for head injuries. Researchers studied the brains of 202 deceased football players and found that 88% were diagnosed with CTE. Nick Bonaconti is a former NFL linebacker who doctors estimate took over 10,000 hits to the head before he was in high school. Now they believe he has CTE. I can't concentrate, I can't read the newspaper, I can't read a book. I can't believe that any parent would let their child go out and play football, contact football. The NFL says that it has been proactive in emphasizing safety first. And the nation's largest youth football organization says experiences and memories from playing this great team sport far outweigh the risks. But parents like Diane say they're not taking any chances, especially with their kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? Sports agent. Football agent? Yeah. I'm ruining his career. <laughs> I have a feeling he'll be... Still to come tonight, some four-legged victims of the California wildfires getting some medical treatments that many humans haven't received. But first, how these two adorable polar bear cubs are stirring up a bit of a controversy in Manitoba. Those stories are just ahead. Welcome back. Well, Australians celebrating their national holiday on Okanagan ski hills this week. Yeah, maybe not dressed as you might be if you go up the mountains. Hundreds of Aussies stripping to their skivvies for the Australian uh, Day Bikini Run at Silver Star Mountain Resort on Friday. 150 Australians work at the resort. More than 338,000 Australians visit BC every year. This, the most popular time for skiers and boarders from down under to escape the heat during the summer season. For some reason, they just didn't have very much on. 
Very scandalous. <laughs> they're brave. I'm telling you, they're very brave. All right. Our debate over animals in captivity. We will talk about that in a moment, but let's get our weather right now with uh, Asha. And uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it is, especially, well, you know, we actually do have a warm front coming upon us, so maybe it's a little bit more comfortable, but... I digress. Let's talk about your weather. It's nice and calm for now. Enjoy it because that's about to change. Temperatures right now sitting at five degrees. That's pretty much our daytime high. Temperatures are starting to deteriorate, but we're not going to get too low through the overnight period because of a warm front that is uh, approaching. Plenty of weather warnings have been issued just recently by Environment Canada. We begin with a winter storm warning. Uh, we have several different types of severe weather on tap for the north and the central uh, interior. We have got first snow in the morning, changing over to wet snow, changing over to freezing rain, then finally rain all by the early afternoon for this area marked in red. Very windy conditions along the central coast, up to 90 kilometer per hour winds beginning through the evening and the overnight, especially through the overnight, and then lasting all day tomorrow, so potentially damaging winds here. Vancouver Island, pretty much the entire island, under a rainfall warning. 50 to 100 millimeters of rain. There's a big uh, range here, but the closer you are to the west, the heavier amounts of, of rain we're expecting. Vancouver proper, Vancouver, Metro Vancouver, I should say, 50 to 70 millimeters of rain. Heavier amounts locally. And finally, another weather warning. Whistler and Howe Sound, 15 to 20 centimeters of snow on top of the snow that you picked up today. So, whew! There's your weather story in a nutshell. How's it all playing out, though? Right now, we're seeing that dissipating low. Still a little bit of snow through the higher elevations and through parts of the interior. That dissipates quite nicely. And then I pause this Sunday, 4 a.m., so just about the time that I'm back here from work in the morning. Uh, we're looking at a fair amount of precipitation already, and then it just continues. Look at that. Through the yellows, this is where we're seeing heaviest amounts of rain. It's going to be heavy through the morning, intensifies into the evening hours as well. And and the overall trend for the southern interior is that it's first going to be a snowfall story throughout much of the day. So periods of snow for a lot of us to the central and southern interior. But then it changes over to rain because we've got freezing levels rising to about the 1500 meter mark. So so many of us that haven't seen rain in a long time will be seeing it on top of all that snow that we picked up. Isn't that something? Meanwhile, to the north, it's just cold. It's relatively settled. Enjoy for the rest of us because, yeah, okay, enjoy your minus 31 wind chill. Uh, but look, a mix of sun and clouds for tomorrow for Whitehorse as well as Fort St. John, Fort Nelson. The north coast, though, you are picking up a rain-snow mix further inland. We do have about five centimeters of snow to places like Terrace. And again, that's where we do have that winter storm warning in effect with all the different types of weather. Uh, meanwhile, to the caribou in the interior, lesser amounts of snow over here, five centimeters of snow likely through the Columbia and the Kootenays and then five to seven centimeters of snow to the Thompson and the Okanagan with that snowfall warning in effect for Whistler, for Howe Sound and then the island of course being pummeled with those heavy rains. Have a look at the next five days for you through Metro Vancouver and some celebrations. Clementina Mossman and Luella Paul, they both turn 100 today. They're both in Langley. They should have a party together. And finally, <laughs> a happy anniversary to Marion and Scotty Henderson, 71 years together. Wow. Powell River. That's amazing. Congratulations to yes. those two and our 100-year-old ladies. That's yes. amazing. We want to know the secrets to both. <laughs> long birthdays and long marriages. All right. Thanks very much, Kasia. Uh, our debate over animals in captivity. Now, you might remember that. It led to an end of cetaceans at the Vancouver Aquarium. Now, after two new additions at the Winnipeg Zoo, people in Manitoba, well, they're having a similar debate. 
Two orphaned polar bear cubs were found in Churchill in December, but transferring the male and female cubs to Winnipeg, well, that's upset uh, quite a few residents there. They say that the bears should have been left where they were born. It's the polar bear capital of the world. But each year, more of those wild bears are ending up in captivity at Winnipeg Zoo, a relocation process that's angering some Churchill residents. A little bit emotional about this subject. Frustrations Mark Reynolds is putting into art and a campaign to stop the bears from being shipped out. Not only are they, you know, taking the bears from here, uh, they're also calling the zoo exhibit Journey to Churchill. How do you think that makes people feel that live in Churchill? In the past five years, 11 bears have been removed from Churchill and brought to the International Polar Bear Conservancy at the zoo. All young orphans who researchers say had no chance of survival if they were left in the wild. When we see them, they're, they're usually about 11, 12 months old. Um, and we think that under kind of no evidence have we seen them surviving on their own before they're about 16 months. Survival for cubs this age without a mum and not in a facility such as this is zero. But Reynolds and others, although lacking hard evidence, doubt some of the orphans are really orphans at all. They use the word orphan bears like uh, if a child, you know, got separated from their parents at Walmart, we wouldn't call that child an orphan, an orphan child. It's not an orphan cub, it's just that you don't know where the mother is. Manitoba Conservation says they do extensive searches, sometimes including aerial surveillance, to see if there's an adult female nearby, before determining they are orphans. Researchers say what they're learning from these bears could help others stay in the wild in the future. There might be options, and I think that's where what we're learning here about bears and, and how to keep them is really important. And maybe, maybe we can have bears stay that are orphans in the wild under certain circumstances. But for now, these bears are adjusting to life in their new home. All right, Barry's got all your sports coming up next. And a bit later on, the four-legged victims of the devastating California wildfires, how these animals are getting some rather unusual medical treatments. The news hour continues after this short break, so do stay with us. I felt as if I was held hostage over the phone. A new twist on a tax time scam. It's a fraud. You will be, you'll lose your money and the police can do very little about it. An aggressive Bitcoin con. Consumer Matters, Monday on Global News Hour at 6. All right, a Canucks broadcasting legend is being honored today. So I really want to share this with you. This is Jim, Ro Jim Robson, uh, who now has a street named after him. A section of 105th Avenue that leads to Planet Ice and the Albion Fairgrounds is now going to be called Jim Robson Way. Uh, today also, uh, today's honor also coinciding with the 50th anniversary of minor hockey in Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows. And Barry, you knew Jim, or know Jim really, really I know well. Him really and, well. Um, yeah. I worked with him my very first year here back in 1997. Oh, wow. uh, he's the... One of, the, one of the greatest announcers ever, one of the classiest uh, guys ever who could have a really big ego, but he is as down-to-earth down to and as sweet yeah. and nice as guy you'll ever meet. And I'm not the first guy to ever say that. I think people know that, but I think it deserves to be said again because he's a gentleman. Yeah, it's yeah. a great news for him today. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Well, he's, an, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's an all-star, just yeah. like we have the all-stars going on right now. So it ties in nicely. Thanks, Sonia. Uh, last year, Bo Horvat was the Canucks rep at the All-Star Game and showed the rest of the NHL his skill level in all-around game, making a big impression with some great goals and plays. 
This year, it's Brock Besser. Everyone in the league knows what he can do already, leading all rookies with 24 goals. Let's see if the 20-year-old could back it up amongst All-Star peers today during the Skills Challenge on All-Star Saturday in Tampa. Besser rubbing elbows with the elite with Sidney Crosby right there. His first event was a goalie event. Besser got a chance to get a shot on the Jets' Connor Hellebuck, and check this out. That is to the top corner. What a shot. Marc-Andre Fleury won that goalie save event. And now, Besser, this is the event I thought he would be great at, and he was. Check this out. It's a new event now. They've got the lights flashing, so you have to hit the flashing light target, and you see the time to beat 11.626. Well, he does it. And right now, he's currently leading with one or two shooters to go. So, pretty good all-star debut for Brock Besser. Looks like he's going to win that competition. Meanwhile, some other events. The fastest skater. This is not a shock. Connor McDavid, who won last year, and he's going to do it again this year. It's uh, amazing to watch this guy skate laps all day. Just one lap, and he gets uh, the victory at the fastest time, 13.454. And he's the first ever repeat winner in this event and I think if he wants to enter it every year he will win it 10 or 12 straight times. The puck control. This is a, a new event and Johnny Gaudreau who we know has some great hands and this is spectacular. That's just some fine stick handling but this is the stuff that makes your jaw drop. Look at this. Through. Through the middle and then this one here and into the net and he had the fa he was the first guy to go and he had the fastest time and he won that event and he has got some kind of slick hands and hardest shot always fun to watch and it's uh, Alex Ovechkin who wins it this year breaks the 100 mile barrier going 101.3 as they're doing the skills contest today the games go tomorrow now speaking of all-stars Tiger uh, Woods third round of the farmers from Torrey Pines made his first full field cut in over two years big galleries following Tiger who only made hit rather three of 14 fairways off the tee today but boy did he scramble nice birdie there at 13 and then on 14 he's in trouble this is for par from 20 feet but he made that too it's amazing if you can chip and make some putts you can rescue around and that's what Tiger did out of the deep rough green side almost holes it for birdie Tiger shot a two under 70, tied for 39th at three under with Abbotsford's Adam Hadwin. The leader, Sweden's Alex Noren, his tee shot on 16 from about 221, just a little four iron for the pros. How about this to five feet? He made the birdie. He's got a one-shot lead at 11 under. Eight better than Tiger and had when Nick Taylor, tough day. He is well back at plus six. Meanwhile, very windy for the LPGA event in the Bahamas. Winds of 65K yesterday forced them to halt the first round. Canadian Brooke Henderson still shot a five under 67 yesterday. Out again today for her second round. Hit more great shots. Look at that flag whipping in the wind. Still led to a birdie thanks to that wonderful shot. Really had to fight today. Uh, just to keep it around even par. That was a great store in these uh, conditions. Another great approach on the par 5 15th. Made that for Birdie as well. And then ends her round with a little five-footer for Birdie. She's at five under. She's got the lead, but many players have not completed their second round yet in the Bahamas. Meanwhile, the Australian Open women's final, second seed, Caroline Wozniacki of Denmark taking on top seed, Simona Halep of Romania. Both ladies looking for their first Grand Slam title. They've been to a lot of finals, but neither have finished the deal. Great point here in the first. Players running everywhere. 
Wozniacki finally gets the point after Halep goes into the net. Sweltering heat again in Melbourne. Halep had to take a timeout, a medical timeout, to get some treatment, and it seemed to give her some energy. Nice setup with the drop shot there. Puts away the winner. Halep took the second set, so they need a third set. More time in that heat. This time Wozniacki needs the ice towel to try to beat that heat. Wozniacki was down 4-3 in the third, but she gets a crucial break of serves. Swinging volley winner right there. Makes it 4-all. Then she held her own serve. And then on match point, Halep will go into the net. And that is it. Caroline Wozniacki is a major winner for the first time, collapses on the court, maybe from exhaustion and excitement, but she is a grand cha slam champ for the first time, the 2018 champ in Melbourne, and the men's final goes in about five hours from now. Still to come, Chanel gives us his picks for the major NFL awards in the red zone, and it's day one of the Scotties from Penticton. Can BC's Kessa Van Osh start things off with a win? Highlights when we come back. Welcome back. It's still eight days before the Patriots and Eagles play in Super Bowl 52. There are still plenty of questions going into that game. Will Rob Gronkowski play for the Pats? Can the Eagles' defense slow down the legendary Tom Brady? No one really knows these answers, but a guy who pretty much never gets anything wrong gives us his picks for the NFL's top awards. It's Chanel in the red zone. With another week until Super Bowl 52, our red zone panel of two cast their ballots for the 2017 NFL Awards. So who's the defensive and offensive player of the year and who takes home the league MVP? Signed as a free agent, a four-year deal worth $60 million. Calais Campbell showed why he's worth the big money. The defensive end was a big reason why Jacksonville had a turnaround season. He posted a career high in sacks, 14 and a half, which was second most in the NFL. Registered 67 tackles, three forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery returned for a touchdown. No other player meant as much to his team's offense as Todd Gurley. The workhorse back took his game to another level, rushing for more than 1,300 yards, adding 800 receiving yards, and led the NFL with 19 total touchdowns. He was also number one when it came to total yards from scrimmage, more than 2,000, and he posted 66 first downs, second most in the NFL. Even at the age of 40, nothing seems to slow down Tom Brady. He led the NFL in passing almost 4,600 yards. While most quarterbacks at his age are long retired or declining, Brady registered one of his finest seasons ever, tossing for 32 touchdowns to just eight interceptions and led New England to the number one offense in the NFL. And now he's headed to yet another Super Bowl appearance. This program is brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's number one quick lube, now offering same-day tire services. No appointment needed. The Scotties Women's Canadians Curling Championship starting today in Penticton. BC represented by Nanaimo's Kessa Van Osh taking on Team Canada represented by Michelle Englot because last year's champs, Rachel Homan, on their way to the Olympics. Van Osh down 2-1 in the sixth, facing three Canada Yellowstones, but uh, Cooley gets a piece of the button here with her draw. Ties it up 2-2. Canada went ahead 4-2 through 8. And then Van Osh had another tough shot to stay in this game. But this time, 
can't quite negotiate through that narrow port at the top of the house. And it's a steal of two for Canada. BC falls in its opener 6-2, but it's still early in Penticton. Big Rugby World Cup qualifier at BC Place. Canada's 15s taking on Uruguay in the first of a two-leg series. Winner moves on to the World Cup 2019 in Japan. Uruguay scored in the opening minute, but Canada answer. And it's Vancouver's Evan Olmsted who will finish off for the try. Evens things up 7-7. Canada went up 10-7, then add to it on this spectacular 40-yard dash by UBC's Ben Lesage. Then DTH... Vandermerve takes it in for another try. Canada taking over at one point, but Uruguay now leads 38-29 in the second half. Canada's Rugby Sevens in Australia for the HSBC Sevens event in Sydney. Canada won the tournament last year, but looking for their first win right now. They lost their first two matches to Scotland and Australia. Things didn't get much better against the Americans. The lone bright spot, Nathan Hiriyama of Richmond to Harry Jones of West Van for this long try. But Canada fell 40-19 to the USA and then lost today 14-7 to Samoa. They take on Papua New Guinea for 13th that match coming up in a few minutes. Winter X Games from Aspen and more medals for Canadians uh, in the men's snowboard slope style. Darcy Sharp of Calgary, incredible air, sticks the landing there, won the silver, his first ever X Games medal, and he's pretty pumped. Mark McMorris of Regina has a lot of hardware from the X Games. He will take the bronze. It's his 15th career X Games medal, third on the all-time list. Norwegian Marcus Cleveland Took the gold in that one, but our uh, Canadians looking sharp before the Olympics in 10 days' time. That's it for sports. We're back right after this. Plenty of fresh powder on the ground right across the province. Cypress picked up 24 centimeters of snow today, bringing up the snowpack to 408 centimeters. A snowpack of 300 centimeters in Whistler Blackcomb, not bad at all. Sasquatch has 347. Revelstoke, 216. Mount Washington picked up 32 centimeters of fresh powder today, bringing it up to 279. Big White has 221 centimeters on the ground. Apex, 190. All right, we're just getting some breaking news out of Vancouver. A major intersection in East Van has just reopened, but traffic there is still a mess after a car caught fire. It was just before six tonight. The car burst into flames in the middle of the road. This is on Broadway and Main. Now, this was closed for a short time as firefighters were obviously fighting those flames. They have since put the fire out. Traffic now slowly getting through. Translink, though, uh, still rerouting buses around that area. The cause of the fire isn't known yet. All right. Finally, tonight, it wasn't just people who suffered in the devastating California wildfires. A lot of wild animals felt the impact, too. The ones lucky enough to be rescued are now receiving medical treatments that are normally reserved for humans. The largest wildfire in California's history threatened not only humans, but also wildlife, desperate to escape the flames. The Thomas fire proved too much for two female bears, one of them pregnant, and a five-month-old mountain lion. All suffered severe burns to their paws. UC Davis veterinarian Jamie Payton. Getting them back to the wild is vital because we don't want them to get used to being around people. For treatment, vets turn to alternative methods. They attach fish skins packed with high levels of collagen to their paws and then wrap them in rice paper and corn husks. It's the first time the procedure had been performed in the U.S., but it now gives hope to future burn victims. 
The Bears also received acupuncture, chiropractic care, and laser therapy. While the lion kept eating the fish skin off its paws, the treatments were enough to get the bears back on their feet in just a matter of weeks and into the wild. Where California Fish and Wildlife built them new dens to replace the ones lost in the fire. A happy ending to a bear's tail. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Los Angeles. Ask. Incredible the amount of work Mm -hmm. they put into that. Um, Windstorm is heading our way. Right, mostly a a rainfall event for us closer to the coast. Yes, it will be windy, but brace yourself. Tomorrow's going to be an active weather day. Tune in in the morning. Check us out. We've got more updates coming up. Good night.